pathetic earthlings, hurling your bodies out into the void without the slightest inkling of who or what is out here. Is life just some kind of horrific joke without a punchline? That we're all just biding our time until the sweet, sweet release of death? Take her to the moon for me, okay? Welcome, friends, to another episode of Embrace the Void, where the stockpile of fucks has gotten dangerously low. I am your summer fun time host, Aaron Rabinowitz, and my guest this week is Devin Graham, one of the assistant state directors for American Atheists in Florida, for which she has received numerous awards, most recently at AHA. Devin, would you like to say hi to the Void? Hi, Void. Fuck yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you come on and chat. Um, we've met at a couple of the conferences, but you're usually running around like a chaos goblin. So um, that's me. Be fun to have you on and talk some. <laughs> so to get things started, I always like to get folks a little sense of who we're chatting with. So do you want to help folks understand which of your many sins has led to you being involved in atheist organizing in Florida? Oh God, which one? All of them. So <laughs> I was I was raised non-denominational evangelical, like the bad kind. And so I was pretty, pretty hardcore into it for most of my life until about 2016. So fairly recently I deconverted. I had a, wow. a I won't call it a road to Damascus moment, but I had the road to Dothan, Alabama hmm. moment. moment. I was, mm. I just moved to Tallahassee, Florida, and my family was staying behind in Nashville. So every couple of weeks, I would have to drive up to Nashville, and that's a long ass drive. So I, I kind of over, like, I listened to every podcast I could think of at the time, everything that Paul F. Tompkins had done, everything else. And so then I. What was Paul the name on that one? Paul yeah. F. Tompkins. I, I adore him. So I listened to everything that he had done, and I ran out. And I just thought, like, I just, I'm just, I just need something else, a new, a new topic, new subject material. And so, in grad school, I was obsessed with Mormonism, and I still don't know why I am, I was, but I absolutely was. So I looked up a Mormon podcast, and I found the My Book of Mormon podcast with, um, I think it was David Michael at the time, mm -hmm. and I just started listening to it, and it was just this guy reading the Book of Mormon, and I thought to myself on one of these drives, like, this is fucking insane. How can people believe this? And it came to me like, why do I believe the Bible? It's the same insanity. And so that was the uh, very quick deconstruction right there. And that was mm -hmm. literally on the road to Dothan, um, Alabama. What was that experience? I mean, like, I'm a, I'm a purveyor of experiences. I'm curious, sort of phenomenologically, what it was like to be suddenly deconverted by a podcast. I'm like, do you really feel that you had no... <laughs> There were no warnings, no echoes, no like, you know, like pre-earthquake. It was just like zero to a hundred listening to that one podcast. No, I think, but I, I think there were always doubts, especially as I got older and I, you know, went to college, mm -hmm. went to grad school, just the doubts settled in and you, just, you can ignore them and just kind of move on with your life. But I think at that point it, that just kind of broke me and all the mm -hmm. doubts came out and here I am, here I am now. It How took it, maybe like, two weeks <laughs> from like that moment. Did your behavior change immediately or like, were you in shock? Do you have a sense, like, what was that time like for you, I suppose? I had probably maybe two weeks of just like existential dread and mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to figure out what the fuck was going on. But that was, that was it. I didn't, this is like 2016. So Trump had got, just gotten into office or was about to get into office. Things were getting crazy. And I just wanted to do something so mm -hmm. i deconverted and i kind of just tried to take that momentum and do something with that were you socially conservative when you were religious or were you like progressive but evangelical or something oh no i was i was very socially conservative okay um, so did all of it go at the same time no well i think in college i kind of dropped my conservatism when you meet your first gay person that's when, you know, 
things start falling apart or, you know, you're anti-abortion, but suddenly you need an abortion. So you were already, I see, right. I understand. Yeah. So at Um, at that point, I think at the point of my deconversion, I was going to the big mega churches, um, you know, mm -hmm. very progressive, but Christian. And um, then, yeah, fell apart. Yeah. I was just curious how, like, because you mentioned the Trump stuff, how, you know, these things often hang rise or fall together i think for people hang together because mm-hmm. they're often mutually reinforcing in our communities Absolutely. and so we've we've gotten to this point where we're all sort of stacked up identity wise and so like mm-hmm. if one one domino goes they all go mm-hmm. so i was just curious you know like h- how that worked for, like did you did you end up alienated from parts of your family as a result or has it been a kind of functional process for you at all Oh yeah, uh, I'll say alienated. Okay. Um, okay. My parents I actually. I want to get into too far, but <laughs> no, it's fine. My my parents are actually more conservative now than they were when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. They are hardcore on the Trump train. The it's it's terrifying, quite frankly. Yeah. So we speak, but we're not necessarily close, mm-hmm. which is sad because yeah. we. My mom and I used to be extremely close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's hard. There's a lot of stories that people lost to sort of Fox News or, mm-hmm. you know, um, OAN now, I suppose, yeah. which I guess would imagine probably motivates some of this. So how do you get from, you know, side of the road, uh, Damascus deconversion <laughs> to assistant state director? It actually took a while. So I just kind of just stayed angry wanting to do something for, like I said, I was living in Tallahassee by myself. My family was several hundred miles away. I didn't have the time to do much, but when they finally moved down here to Florida with me, I had a little more time, less travel time. <laughs> I didn't have as nearly as much travel. Um, and so I I started exploring, like, what can I do in this community to actually do something? Because this is, I, I guess, I just can't, I don't know, be an mm-hmm. online atheist. I just can't sit here and not do something. I'm, I'm a doer. And so I started exploring that. And then at the time, uh, Jim Helton was the national field director for American Atheists, and he was doing a tour of Florida. And so he's coming through Tallahassee to recruit people to work with American Atheists. And that's how I jumped in. That was 2019, end of 2019. Mm-hmm. Early what were you doing at the beginning? At, when you started, when you first joined in, were you just like, what activities? I, is it like knocking doors or like, where, where were you at at that point? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't knock on doors. Don't, don't, no. don't knock on doors. I'm too no. much of an introvert. Um, yeah, I feel you. Uh, no, at the at the beginning, uh, Tallahassee didn't have a group at the time. I think they were there was a there was a group that met at a at a coffee shop once a week, and they still do. And it's just a lot of blue hairs talking um, over coffee, and mm-hmm. I don't have the time or patience for that. Um, uh-huh. But there was a a small group that was just trying to get off the ground. And I think at the time it was about the fourth iteration of it. So they had been like these same people have been trying to get a humanist group started in town for years and years. And they just got the bylaws done. And I, I talked to them. I'm like, Hey, I am with American atheist. Can I, can I help out? And they're like, we would love to have someone under the age of 80 help help Mm -hmm. us. And so (laughs) that's how I, I jumped in and, um, I think I kind of took over it, which I don't think they're going to complain, but I, Mm -hmm. the humanist of Tallahassee is now, it's a very small, but a very vibrant local group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me, there's, there's a couple things hinted at there that I think are worth diving into, but I just want to get your impression sort of broadly. You've been at this for a little while now. Um, (laughs) What is your sense of like the state of movement atheism? I've had a couple of folks on, in various different positions, you know, like in, mm-hmm. um, addressing pieces of it, but also sort of common reoccurring story arcs, let's say. Um, mm-hmm. and I guess I'm curious what your perception is about, um, I guess, what's good, what feels like it's going well, what feels like wrong direction at the moment. <laughs> so um, I think we're at a crossroads a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the in the past, in the atheist movement, we have like long put these uh, deep thinkers and these talking heads on pedestals, and I, so I, you know, just the we're going to fight Christianity, we're so we're going to debate, 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 debate whether God exists, so on and so forth. And I think 
we've passed that point. Um, I don't know how it's useful for a lot of people in the movement now. Um, we have the numbers. There's, we're a growing number, a growing movement. We have more atheists now than I'll say ever. And we need to kind of take that momentum to the next step and kind of make um, atheist activism an actual active <laughs> movement. Um, sure. Now, so, go ahead. let me just ask, I mean, um, I can certainly understand a frustration with an over-reliance on an, like debate as the, the way to defeat evil in the world uh, or, you know, push back on, on things rather than like grassroots organizing. Um, mm. I wonder how you feel about sort of, there's something I see often in the movement where different people at different points in their often deconversion from abusive evangelical situations mm. want and need kind of different things. Right. So there's times people really need the like, let's dunk on the Christians or whatever a little mm. bit so that you can heal a little bit from all the abuse. Um, and I wonder some about like the debate stuff. I, I, you know, I think it's good to have corrected from where it was. Is it valuable still to have some amount of that for individuals who who that works for in that kind of way, as long as they understand there's other things to do beyond that? Absolutely. Like, I, I still think there is a place for it. I mean, I. I'm still a relatively new atheist, I guess you could say. Mm. Um, and I'm still angry. And sometimes I'd like to see people get drunk, dunked upon. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's glorious. But I think that's a very small facet of what the actual atheist movement can be or should be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's, I think it's just really time to kind of move on and, I don't know, to paraphrase the Bible, um, what uh <laughs> never mind i'm not going to paraphrase yeah. the bible on this <laughs> you're not going to quote scripture for your purpose um let me well, let me ask this like you say we're at a crossroads uh, in this mm -hmm. corner of sort of like do we want to go towards the intellectual versus this the sort of organizing mm -hmm. and i i think this conflict to some extent overlaps with the other schism that has sort of been central in the mm -hmm. movement which is the the kind of conflict between, for lack of a better terminology, atheism plus and just straight atheism, right? The mm -hmm. people who want to say that atheism is more than just belief in God and people who want to say, we just want to talk about belief and lack of belief and, mm -hmm. and disproving and, and these things and don't agree that there's any sort of ethical valence or obligation that comes along with being an atheist. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like those two things do overlap and, and how do you see that sort of playing yes. out? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do. I think those those two separate Venn circle Venn diagrams are almost identical in, mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah. Um, I was at a, a conference, a secular conference recently where that really came to a head. Um, so you have these old school um, folks who just want to have that intellectual, you know, sit back and debate. And mm -hmm. then you have the other side. Um, I don't want to say younger because I'm not young, but, um, but, a younger, mm -hmm. more motivated side that wants to put our humanity into action, I guess. Um, and then I would say if that that's the, those are the same people that want to debate whether there's a god or not versus the you know moving on. So no, mm -hmm. I think those are very they they were parallel. Yeah. So is your view basically that like? Let me ask this. Um, it seems like these are different, in one way, different approaches for bringing people into the movement, right? Mm -hmm. um, by defining which of these values is central, you're determining to some extent who's going to be interested. Um, mm -hmm. You're going to get one batch of individuals if it's about this kind of more social justice oriented stuff versus the other batch if it's mostly debunking or dunking. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe those are groups that can work together. Maybe they're ones that sort of don't necessarily actually function as one movement. Mm -hmm. um, you know, is your feeling that we should sort of be pressing pretty heavily? Like, like, do you feel that they are both approaches that draw on people? And do you feel like you see a lot of like the social justice oriented stuff pulling in a new and different group? Or is it mm -hmm. sort of difficult all over at the moment? No, I think the uh, social justice stuff is absolutely bringing in people. Maybe not to the same extent as the, I guess, the online debate type community is. But I, 
in in my mind, you you leave religion, you're angry. You you probably got into it possibly by listening to these debates and listening to these argument these philosophical arguments and so on and so forth. But you get people get stuck. They get stuck in that rut and I don't I feel like there's something beyond that. Mm-hmm. Like so you've done that, you've yelled at everybody online, what's mm-hmm. next? Mm-hmm. There has to be something beyond that. So I, I guess I I I'm I'm always looking ahead. I want to know what the what's the next step. Okay, we've we've done that. Where do we go from here? And I think the the natural step, I guess, would be like like a hu- a more humanistic approach. And I I don't like the whole atheism humanism divide. I think that's really stupid. <laughs> I think mm. more most atheists that I I know are probably more humanist than most people who claim to be humanist um as far as i can tell humanist is just being used as a synonym for secular morality at this point kind of yeah there's really it, no that, split between humanism and secular philosophy and morality as far as i can tell yeah uh, but i but i know there used to be a huge uh divide between the atheist and the humanist and this is you know before about uh, just about like so atheists were the angry with the angry the angry ones okay. the mm-hmm. you know there's no god blah, blah blah and humanists are more the philosophical intellectual side of that um and so but i but i but in the way that i feel like the atheist movement as it stands now at least the part that i'm in mm-hmm. is is more of a, a humanistic type approach we are the grassroots social justice organizations we're the people doing the work um mm. so I don't know. I I don't care about that kind of debate. It's not my jam. But um, uh-huh. yeah, it is interesting to think about your personal deconversion and think you know like there's a huge meta debate about debates. You know, and whether <laughs> debates are effective. Sounds fascinating, debates, right? <laughs> I know. It's great. It's so good. We can talk about talking about talking. We'll be here forever. That's Love why it's it. called philosophy. It's called job security. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's a legitimate argument. Like, do you platform fascists to, to debate them? Does it work to, no. you know, confront truth with error? But then you have your story, mm-hmm. right? Where mm-hmm. what are the two things that you pointed to? Personal interactions with gay people followed mm-hmm. by listening to arguments in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, like, sort of. I mean, there's a, there's a way in which having something just put forward in a, in a kind of direct way like that is a kind mm-hmm. of presenting of an argument almost, but at least like in your mind, what you were doing was making a rational distinction. You're saying this is mm-hmm. unreasonable. You know, I am no longer convinced on the reasonable side of this. Um, and it's just interesting to me that like, mm-hmm. I do think, you, you know, you mentioned people get deconverted because they listen to these debates online. I think that's gotta mm-hmm. be true. Yeah. Um, and, and I just, I, I, I sometimes think that we downplay because we, we've all slipped into think intuitively into the mindset of viewing humans as so deeply irrational and in in group bias that like debate is completely pointless. Um, mm-hmm. And and I think it's more like we've overplayed the strength of debate. People who love John Stuart Mill are like you know debate's the best. Mm-hmm. It's going to fix everything. And the reality is that like it's not going to fix everything. But if like mm-hmm. two people sit up there and and one of them really truly gets trounced, some mm-hmm. of the people who are a little unsure that could shake them loose a little bit. Totally. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. I don't, right. I don't actually put that kind of exposure as the same as like platforming a Nazi. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is, I mean, it, I, is that what you're trying you, to get at though? Well, so I guess what I mean is um, I, I think that we change our views from a mix of personal experience and, mm. and like rebalancing our framework for understanding the world, right? Our worldview. Hmm. And those who are in things, those two things often are like intention or some amount of equilibrium. And so like when one thing gets thrown off, the other one has to either do something to correct for it or whatever. Right. And and so like mm-hmm. I'm not saying that it's, you know, that like we can know for sure that the facts convinced you versus the emotions pulled you to just believe an um. argument that you already knew existed. Right. Mm-hmm. But like I think having those arguments in hand when the emotional stuff is, when the mood hits, right, mm-hmm. um, is part of the formula, right, for people yeah. to really sort of break loose in that way, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's value in that. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's just not my style, though. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, I guess what I'm saying is I'm, I'm very much an all of the above atheist uh, yeah. in the sense that I think that, like, we don't know what the solution is to this because mm-hmm. we don't have a really pro- like if we had a really good workbook that like clearly just deconverted people reliably mm-hmm. that would 
show up in the numbers, which it, it hasn't, let's mm-hmm. say. Um, I was going to say that's the Bible, point. but you know, right. Or right. the book Again, of Mormon. You read the Bible, but it takes a while <laughs> and it's very boring. So like, <laughs> oh, God, it you're is. making a significant sacrifice there. Um, let me ask you, you know, if we're going to do, a, you know, uh, atheism plus where we're going to have some sort of ethics attached to it, do you feel like there's a, sp- like we have to adopt uh a progressive woke social justice like whatever we want to call it kind of worldview or like are you fine to break bread with you know pretty far-right atheists or how do you feel about the relationship between these concepts um personally i don't have the time for that i i don't i i think life's too short for me personally mm-hmm. um i don't have any interest in breaking bread with a nazi it's not something that's going to convince me. I'm not going to convince them. Um, I'm not saying I would never interact with someone who I completely disagreed with, but I don't really think that finding common ground with someone who, with, with whom you have no common ground with. Um, uh-huh. Do you think valuable. we are called though to a progressive agenda because we are atheists? To steal someone's I don't think everyone is, but I, uh-huh. I think a lot of people are myself included. You, like, I guess I wonder, you know, to me, there's somewhat of a necessary connection there as a marginalized community. You're sort mm. of obligated to be in, like, everyone should, in theory, be in, you know, like, in in connection with other marginalized communities and trying to help them and that sort of thing. But specifically, it seems like we are up against the same, like, marginalizing forces that a lot of other communities are. Mm-hmm. Yet we're not kind of interacting with them enough, it seems like. And... and- I think that's kind of like being an atheist in the in the South. <laughs> like you, yeah, you are sure. a marginalized community, surrounded by other marginalized community. And I think you, it's I, I I just take a more ecumenical approach to my atheism, I guess, in that mm-hmm. I find my allies, um, and they may not, you know, they may be Christian. That's totally fine. I'm a mm-hmm. huge fan of interfaith interfaith work. Um, but I believe finding common ground with other marginalized groups is fine. Um, but there are marginalized groups such as Nazis that I will not, I won't. Right. No time. But it's, it's an interesting question of like, should we be, you know, like, is it better to be working? I guess it's almost a sense of priorities, right? Is the mm-hmm. movement primarily about atheism or is it primarily about social justice driven mm-hmm. by atheism in which case like if we have a very progressive christian like we're more likely to be able to work with them on some project than you know a very conservative atheist i i think it's i think it's the um social justice driven by atheism all the way so um mm-hmm. i recently um was the only secular representative on a um an interfaith committee on abortion rights. And so it was Catholics for Choice. It was National Center for Jewish Women. It was the the UUs, a Lutheran group, um, several different other uh, Jewish communities in Florida, as well as other, um, even main, more mainstream uh religions here but we we came into community together together we put together this amazing lobby days and i think i i can't, i had more in common with many of those people than i do mm-hmm. with maybe a more conservative atheist and i it was actually a really beautiful beautiful thing that came together i mean i was the only atheist there but they changed the entire program to make it more mm. um open i guess they didn't mm-hmm. use the word prayer they didn't mm. use which i mean when you're surrounded by that many christians and it it's really hard for them to not say prayer but it was they were very <laughs> deliberate really it was, it was, it. yeah i mean they wanted to yeah but, a lot um, of muscle memory there the, and it's true but like they always remembered i'm not the only i'm not the only faith in this room um and mm-hmm. it, it was actually an, a really amazing um model that i think more people should take advantage of but yeah i find more community with people of like values even though mm-hmm. we differ on the god thing mm-hmm. uh so then i it's, yeah it's nice that they can respect your religious identity and use the lowercase mm-hmm. she and stuff like that yeah um, <laughs> i do appreciate that um that that does it is one of the main things i want to talk about is sort of 
there's a lot of emphasis on the big picture, but I know a couple, mm -hmm. like several folks I've been speaking to recently are like, we really need to be emphasizing these kind of grassroots level because that's where mm -hmm. you, you know, are getting your volunteers that are doing the work that's actually shifting legislation a lot of the time. Um, let me just ask broadly, like, how do you, how do you keep it together doing it in Florida? Like, like, what is your, what is your self-care regimen? And, and like, what are your goals in a space Ooh. like that? You know, like, what are you, what are you trying to do? Are you just trying to survive? Are you trying to like keep people together and, and like not super miserable? How does that work? Um, there's a lot of alcohol involved. Um, <laughs> okay. There's a lot of sure, substances. Sure. Um, it's not, it's it's awful it's it's actually really really terrible um here i've been doing legislative advocacy since 2020 i think and mm -hmm. it's gotten progressively worse every single year and this was i think this is the year that you walk it i walked into the capitol and you could just feel the the heaviness mm -hmm. like there was not a single battle we were gonna win not a single oh. one and and as you can see from the news, we we really didn't win anything. Um, you did. They stopped wokeness though, so that's good. Did we? Did I we mean, do that? did we? Uh, Ron DeSantis is is gonna you know spend He's, a moment being a presidential candidate before he salts well, back. To good for him. Proud of that little meatball. Yeah. Um, what is it with yeah. um, Florida governors being really low energy when they try to run for president? Is that just uh, they'll just fuck the, the life out of people? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. They're just awful. Uh, I I, don't know. We even had like the our Dem um, governor candidate this year was a former Republican governor, and he was so low energy. Charlie Chris. He was just yes, right. Charlie what, Chris. Yes. What is happening? Technically, like, we. I, I like to say that um, we lose a lot because we don't have, we're gerrymandered to death and we don't have the numbers, but the people that we do have fighting are just like forged in fire. They're fucking amazing. I I love them. I, I, I love- I love the movie Dune too. I like the framework. <laughs> I get it. I, I, love, I love our champions. Um, yeah. Are they're amazing. Hot at some point across the universe? Is that- <laughs> Like Florida is going to be Arrakis, and y'all going to ride out on giant worms or something? Is that what climate change is bringing about? If it involves more spice, I don't care. Um, yeah, they're right. You did explain there was a lot of drug use, so yes, I think we've got all of the parts of Dune here together at this point. But really, like the the, the question behind the joke is why? Um, I don't mean this mm -hmm. negatively. I mean this compassionately. <laughs> like, why stay in a fire is there any chance that florida like this fever is gonna break or is it just like it seems like it's just gonna get worse and worse until it gets hit by enough flooding that it won't exist anymore and we, that's the end of the story <laughs> we we had to keep telling ourselves and our little um lobbyist uh contingent that we are we're in it for the long haul this is a this is just a battle this is going to take a really 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 long time to uh change anything it's going to happen um i think people are finally getting fed up maybe mm -hmm. question mark um are you waiting for like the millennials to retire to florida like I'm not, I, like what is the game plan it just feels like it's such a there there are several places you know some, mm -hmm. someone else from the south like it hasn't been better for 200 years. Like, why would it get mm -hmm. better? It's the South. It's built that way. Like, it's designed <laughs> for this explicit purpose. This is We're how built it to fail. <laughs> I mean, look, if anyone's going to stop them, it's going to be Disney. Like, the mouse is the only thing God that damn. I could imagine could really break the spine of the South. Besides Sherman. Like, you know. Disney. <laughs> And Sherman's been dead for years now, so we right, can't, but I could we imagine can't rely mouse, on him. I can imagine the mouse burning Atlanta to the ground if he had to. <laughs> Just, God, I the Disney Corporation is not a good corporation. However, oh, they are an evil kaiju, but like it's a bigger, they, very lefty fight moment. <laughs> if yeah. if if Goofy and Mickey are coming to our rescue, uh, bless. <laughs> mm -hmm. we'll take it do no, you think though, I, that like disney's gonna be able to like move the legislature in florida by sheer <sighs> dint of like all right enough of this woke bullshit i don't know i don't know if it's gonna be i think that's gonna be one thing i think it's the economic pressure from 
uh, like corporations like Disney um, that will help. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's just putting in the grassroots effort, like just the, the right has been doing this for decades. They have been working their mm-hmm. asses off for Christian nationalism to come into play. And this is the fruits of their labor. Um, mm-hmm. And we can do the same thing. It's just going to take a long fucking time. Um, right. And I, but I do think it is the point that it is getting ridiculous. I know legislators on the right here were not happy with a lot of the things that happened, but they didn't, they quote unquote, didn't have a choice. They had to go along with, um, they're suddenly the pro-choice, one. huh? They're, they're not for a choice. Um, <laughs> like, I would like to have a choice, really, please. <laughs> they would, but no, um, they, no, would. they, they, they do what they're one. told. They yeah. do what they're told. Um, they have to fall into line because mm-hmm. they they can be punished. It's it, it's a little bit uh, Nazi Germany. It's, sure. I'm not going to lie. It, it's very much that. But which makes you the white rose, so good luck with that. Thank that's not you. great. Um, <laughs> Do I that die? story does not it does it ends quickly, <laughs> let me tell you that. It's not a it's not a drawn out story. Um, the infrastructure question is one that I often come to mm. both from the social justice end and the atheism end. I think part of the reason white Christian nationalism is tenacious and effective is that churches mm. are tenacious and effective mm-hmm. as like organizing structures like like a basic infrastructure mm-hmm. for getting community together insofar as civil rights was successful it often was on the back of you know black um churches churches yeah. um i guess i'm wondering what you feel are good viable forms of infrastructure even thinking in the medium and long term for atheists to kind of have something like some atheists have models that are similar in some ways to like a church, but not mm-hmm. They're sort of like one step removed from Unitarian Universalist in that kind of way, yeah. um, which raise Unitarian Unitarian. I'm for it. You know, like if that's what people need <laughs> for community on the weekends, go for it. Go for um, it yeah. But I guess I'm wondering like what you find is effective at all in terms of sustainable in-person infrastructure. Um. I don't think it is, I, I think as atheist, we don't want to conform and we don't want to, you know, build a church or build a, a church like institution to work in. Um, I, I do think that allyship is the absolute way to go. I don't think we have to have, I don't think every atheist has to be on board with everything um, to move forward. But I do think that we need to work with other groups that are working for the same cause. So it's not necessarily, it's not a strict infrastructure. Infrastructure, mm-hmm. um, but it is. A, I, I'm. It's a. It's all about allyship and mm-hmm. working with people who are working for the same thing as you. So your LGBTQ rights groups, your, um, your your pro-abortion groups, your repro-justice groups. Um, uh-huh. So ACLU if I want to, you know, if I'm a local, he, you know, hedonic uh, atheist group, and I want to work with some of these other groups, is it the best solution just cold call them and be like, I want to work with y'all. What are y'all working on? Or like, do you have recommendations <laughs> for how people kind of like build those relationships so that they can be part of these networks? Honestly, yes. Um, so the the first thing that I ever did. Um, was there was a a homeschool a, like a a, a right wing anti LGBTQ homeschool group that was having a, a big dinner at a at a hotel downtown and they're like come on everyone show up and you know there's just a call out around town to come and protest like this hotel shouldn't be hosting this in fact it was the the keynote speaker was. Um, Bobby Bowden, the and his wife, the famed FSU football coach. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was a bit of a, a gut punch for a lot of people. Um, and so I was, I showed up. I had my little American atheist sign with me, and I, I see this woman talking to some of the Equality Florida people, and I just had this like my my Christian radar went off, and I was like, she's not one of us. She's not one of us, yeah. and. 
and, and she's like asking him all these questions. And then she goes, sure. why, if, why are you sleeping with all these men? Why are you doing, I'm like, and, and I'm, I'm behind them. I'm behind her the whole time. The whole time like, please, please back away. Please back away. <laughs> like, don't, don't engage. Do not engage. Um, mm. And they're like, how do you, how do you, how did you know? And I was like, I just, I just knew. And so I just started talking to him. I'm like, Hey, I know you guys do legislative stuff. I, I know there's going to be a, a moment of silence bill going through. What do I need to do to get involved? And they're like, we'll hook you up with our, our policy person. And so I met with him and he's one of my closest friends now. Um, and I just pretty much shadowed him um, mm-hmm. during the legislative session. It, People who have this experience, they want to spread this knowledge. And so it's it's literally like learning from the people who do the work. Don't mm-hmm. try to reinvent the wheel. Do not try to do this on your own if you've never done it. Like take the help. Ask for the help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've been there ever since. It's demoralizing, uh-huh. but also exhilarating. So <laughs> fair enough. What do you see? You know, you mentioned you personally are not as much on the online side of things. Do you have a sense of like best practices for the relationship between online organizing and in-person organizing? Like, is it the case that we should be moving people, trying to move people from online to in-person or like not at all worrying about that? Or how do you, how do you kind of parse the trade-offs of online versus in-person? I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of comfort in the anonymity of being online. I, mm-hmm. I feel like people are really comfortable doing that. And, but it also, it's, you're, you're yelling into the void in a way. Like <laughs> you're not, you're it, nothing, you're no offense to your show or anything. No, but, we're, um, we're never at capacity here. So go ahead. <laughs> um, no, but I, but it, that only goes so far. It doesn't do much in the lives of people that are being affected by this bad legislation or who are facing homelessness or food insecurity, mm-hmm. it's not doing anything for them. So if you really want to do something, you really need to take that really bold step and do like get involved in a group. And it doesn't even have to be an atheist group. It could just, it could just be, you know, a civil rights organization that's doing some advocacy or a community service group, a group that's feeding the homeless. Um, I, you, you really need to get out there though. We need people on the ground mm-hmm. doing their thing um, as atheists. Do you have a sense of like where you think the priorities, like in Florida in particular, is a legislation, legislature so just off the rails that it's, it's less worth doing legislative activism and more worth doing service work and volunteering and, you know, like helping people who are suffering from stuff. Um, so as far as legislation, legis- legislative side of things, we're on mm-hmm. the defensive and that's an absolute, we need to be on the defensive. We, we actually stopped more bad bills from going through that we, that never even saw the light of day because of a lot of the background work that was done by um, our, our, our allies so I do think it's important. I just, we just can't let them have, you know, full reign to do whatever they want. But because of those laws, a lot of people that I love are dying and are mm-hmm. not receiving medical care. They are going to need to flee the state. Um, and so a lot of people are in dire straits at the moment. And so we do need to focus on our the community service side of things and helping them to survive. So, I mean, I spend probably more than, ha- I, with, with my atheist activism, I, I'm probably better known for my legislative stuff and the policy work that I do, but I probably do more service work, um, and community building than legislative. Um, it's, mm. I think it's definitely something that is neglected that needs to be brought to the forefront, mm. especially in states like Florida. Yeah, and you mentioned um, people fleeing the state. Obviously, there's been a lot of discussion around that, around the trans stuff um, in particular. <clears throat> is there a sense, you know, going along a sort of the question of, like, when do you cut bait? Um, 
is there a sense in which at some point resources would be better directed towards helping people like relocate to states where they can live their lives without being so miserable as opposed to trying to fix Florida? Or like, how do you think about those kind of trade? I mean, like, you know, relocation is an expensive, difficult thing. It's privileged to be able to do so, like, especially if you have family and there's like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of difficulties there, but mm -hmm. for some people, it does seem like it's going to be the only solution in their lifetimes. Um, and there's like long histories of relocations away from the South. So, mm -hmm. um, so I don't know how big that bank account would have to be to help people, all the people that Fair. we need to get out, get out. I know that a lot of organizations have, uh, switched to that. So, um, I am on the board for the only statewide mm. abortion fund here in Florida, the Florida access network. And we have had to switch gears in our, in our mission to get Floridians to, to provide funding for logistical help, for travel, for childcare, for lodging, to get out of state, to have an abortion it's because of, yeah, do you want to the, clarify the situation? I know that well, obviously we, we repealed Roe v. Wade, if folks didn't remember that happening. But yeah. like, uh, so, yeah, uh, Florida was a quote unquote abortion haven in the South. We are we um we had had the uh, twenty four week uh, limit on um for to get an abortion in Florida mm -hmm. until two years ago, and last year they put forward a fifteen week ban which mm -hmm. was that's a significant drop from 24 um and so Fairly. that went through pretty pretty easily and that's without the supermajority. and so that is now the law of the land here in florida um there is and then this past session they passed a six-week ban um which unlike the 15-week ban does have an exception for rape and incest which is very oh. very nice of them that's very nice. compassionate very compassionate. Um, Life of the mother, too, I assume? Yeah, but not really. We've already had oh. some issues with that. So Super you have to have, you have to, and if there's a fatal fetal abnormality, you have have, have to have um, the permission, the written permission of two doctors to continue on to have a life-saving abortion. Um, sure. And considering that some, some counties in Florida only have one hospital if that and it's usually a religious hospital it's very hard to get that second signature in a decent mm -hmm. amount of time so so the six-week ban should be going into effect on july 1st however um because they're the 15-week ban is still in the in the supreme court um going through that appeal or whatever um the 15-week ban will be in place until the state Supreme Court rules and we are expecting them to rule against us. Um, at that point, 30 days after that ruling, the six-week ban will be going into effect. Um, six weeks is a, a near-total near abortion ban. Um, most people don't even know they're pregnant at that point. And mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of problematic. So, so yeah, so we've been providing abortion funds for almost anyone who needs them in Florida um, at private clinics via the, the group I, I work with. However, because of the ban, we are going to have to switch to providing logistical funds for Floridians to go to the next mm -hmm. closest state. Um, I, I understand the, the biology of what you're describing, and yet I, I feel compelled to wonder, do you think they will stop at six weeks or will they push for a explicitly full ban just because politically that will you know play well in the cheap seats um how badly is DeSantis going to get hurt in the presidential oh he's going to get um, he's already just gotten absolutely murdered by donald trump like he's just already dead he's just dead on arrival well he's going <laughs> to have his fifis on twitter like him and elon <laughs> on twitter jesus god uh, yeah i don't think oh. it'll go well for ronnie boy i think he'll hold off so, for a little while but he's the only alternative but that yeah so his fifis yeah. are hurt and he's going to take it out on us. We're just right. the we're just the kids with the with the abusive dad. <laughs> he gets his mm. gets his feelings hurt um, at work and comes home and takes it out on his constituents. Yeah, yeah another so, problem like yeah. from Republic funding, I'm sure. <sighs> so yeah, uh, I yeah. I should also note that we also have um, 
20, along with that six week band, we have 25 million per year going to crisis pregnancy centers, which mm-hmm. are a shit show in and of themselves. And we can talk about that for hours yeah, and hours. Yeah, do you want to clarify for folks <laughs> not know why a so crisis these are, pregnancy center is a shit show? So these are fake clinics. Um, they are anti abortion centers. They are state funded, at least in Florida. They've been getting four and a half million per year for the past several years with money coming from funds that are supposed to go to rape victims. Um, and what these are are just mini churches. They are usually run by churches, and they typically proselytize to the patient, the clients that come in. Um, they are lied to. They don't tell them their accurate uh, conception date, so they therefore they will miss the opportunity to have an abortion. Like, oh no, no, no! You're not you're not six weeks. You're you're actually four weeks something like that. And so they don't, mm-hmm. they don't realize that it's almost too late for them to actually get an abortion. They find that right. out much later. Um, so yeah, they, they prey on, on, on people, on pregnant people. And so, yeah, they're getting an extra 25 million a year with that six week ban. Nice. On top of um, four and a half again. Another question that I feel compelled to ask, though, I do mm-hmm. not want the answer. <laughs> Bring it. Are the Democrats in Florida in any way attempting to, like, capitalize, address, like, raise awareness about? Because, I mean, I mean, legitimately, I do think in the last midterms we saw the Republicans not do as well as they were expecting to. And I think the mm-hmm. reason was, at least in part, the Roe v. Wade stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, are the Democrats making any attempts at gains on, on the grounds of, like, we're going to actually protect people's rights for a while? Yeah, uh, Florida was one of the few places that didn't see that uh, blue wave. I do remember 2020, that. Yes, I do remember that now. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think the Dems that we have, like I said, our champions generally are forged in fire. Um, they work their asses off. They are always on. Um, they're exhausted as fuck, but they are always on. Um, they just are out. <clears throat> excuse me. They're outgunned. I mm. gerrymandering is my dog is going to shake again. I'm sorry if <laughs> you right. hear this. Um, <laughs> but but um, we're just gerrymandered to death. Um, we have a lot of places that our Republicans run unopposed just because of the way the the districts are set up. Um, and so there's only so much that can be done, I guess. But the the people that we do have in office are generally amazing, um, mm-hmm. which makes me sad that we can't get a decent governor candidate. <laughs> but yeah, well, whatever. Have there been any sort of like legislative successes, W's that you could say were up on the board? That like, is there any way? I mean, like, yeah, I guess it's hard to feel. How do you how do you help those folks that continue to press on in a situation? Yeah. We have bills that actually do make it through the legislature. Um, mm-hmm. I think Ava's law got through this year. However, it it doesn't make it past the governor's desk. So Ava's law is a bill that will <clears throat> prevent people that are pregnant from giving birth in jail in shackles. Um, we oh. had a we had a woman who was put, who was giving. <laughs> what uh she was pregnant um and her water broke she was birthing in solitary confinement pretty much and no one helped her so she gave birth to a little girl named ava who died um and that's one of those bills that it makes it through and it never it's it gets killed at the very end so i i enjoy seeing like those bills like really push forward and make it as far as they do and then i mean disappointment in the end um Mm. So couldn't even couldn't yeah. even get the no birth and shackles one passed, huh? No, not That's a in Florida. Deep dystopian nightmare <laughs> so, you've painted. Like it's, so it's it would be cliche if it were Handmaiden's Tale, you know? It, like it is it is Handmaiden's Tale. It's it is quite an Omalas vibe going on there. Um, I really hate it. <laughs> on the plus side, you can go to Disney World, I guess. I sure can. Right. At a discount too, woo! Right, um, where they can wear whatever hairstyles they want now because they've gone. Oh, low. thank God! Oh, <laughs> this is, <laughs> it's the little things here that really it's, matter. It is weird that Disney has become like a weird haven for wokeness in Florida. I can't believe I, it. What a strange world we live in. I um, cannot believe it. It's wild. But... Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, what is on the horizon generally? Then, like, you have the abortion stuff. 
is there other stuff that you're like working on or where are you focusing your energy? So legislatively, um, we just try to minimize the harm. So the past couple of years, um, we have a we have a bill called the Healthcare Transparency Act um, that we have managed to get filed in both the House and the Senate two years straight now, and I'm really proud of that. Which is just um, people are me- medical professionals professionals are allowed to deny care to anyone, not just based on their religious belief, but also any belief they could have. You know, they don't like people mm-hmm. who who write with their left hands, whatever they want, um, but they can deny care to that uh, for that. Um, and so we just have been filing this bill just to um, mitigate that. So if you are going to deny care, fine. Just, you just need to let the patient the patient know before they walk into your office. It's it's not difficult, but um, this was passed actually in Colorado this year, which is which is great. So we are working on little tiny things like that that will um, <laughs> stop some people from dying. Um, but as far as what's on the horizon. Um, at least here in Tallahassee, we are experiencing a huge homelessness crisis, just like most places in Florida and the country. Um, and so we are working with a number of organizations like Food Not Bombs and um, some actual churches to uh, feed our unhoused neighbors, um, mm-hmm. which is actually really exciting for me because it is making a difference getting people real food for once um and yeah 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 let me ask you i mean there's a kind of like fuck them mentality sometimes to people like like you know cut the southern states loose let them secede like mm-hmm. different ways that you could sort of like people just and, and a lot of it is i think emotionally coping with feeling overwhelmed by all these people mm-hmm. that you can't help you just kind of like have to cut yourself loose from that at some point um, and it often, you know, like one of the, one of the memes that I, I see will go around all the time is like Florida man, um, <laughs> which, you know, some people have criticized for being sort of class, you know, problematic in a classist mm-hmm. sense. Um, I'm curious, like your experiences living there in Florida, how do you think about the intersections between things like class and religion and like, what you want people to understand about these individuals and how you're, you know, like what kind of help they really need in these situations, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. So I, I live in Tallahassee, which is North Florida. It's on the, the big bend part of the state. Um, and the, the quote is that the further in Florida, the further North you go, the more Southern it gets. So I, I live seven mm-hmm. miles South of the Georgia line. This is a very, um, red area uh rednecky if you will mm-hmm. um and quite frankly i was raised that way i'm from beaver county pennsylvania a little town called elwood city um i've seen more confederate flags and truck nuts where i grew up than i actually have in the south um mm-hmm. i sure. i identify with the people here just because of my upbringing but i but i think that's valuable in identifying like and understanding where they're coming from with um, some of their bigotry, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. And I do see that there's hope for them. <laughs> God, I sound like a missionary. Like, well, like, look, I mean, I wonder, like, <laughs> there's a lot of debate around, like, the, the connection between racism and economic anxiety. Mm-hmm. That, like, the, the argument seemed to shake out that, like, economic anxiety was driven more by racism mm-hmm. than vice versa which was mm-hmm. contrary to the kind of intuitions. I'm curious if that mm-hmm. feels like it tracks at all with your experience or like what your sense is about how to, how those things are playing out in, in these, in these places. Yeah. Um, so I can say that it is, it is playing out like the, the, the black majority areas, um, at least here in North Florida are the least funded, I guess. Um, Tallahassee is home to the poorest zip code in the state of Florida, which 32304, which is also the the um, the area where most of the of the people of color live. Um, and that's it's horrifying that this is just a couple miles down the road for me. But this is but this has been in place in the South for 
decades, hundreds of years, very mm-hmm. likely. Um, and I, I wish people wouldn't write us off for that. Um, because I, there's growth here. I think there's a lot of possibility, um, at least working at the local level to change things. I do have hope mm. in that in that sense. Um, maybe not the legislative level, but at the local level, I do have hope that things can change and are changing. Um, but it's a it's a lot of fucking work. <laughs> sure. Yeah. In terms of that work, when you're interacting with folks around you, what amount of like code switching are you feeling like you have to do? Like. Do you feel your accent shift when you're talking? <laughs> I mean, like, I don't even, I don't even mean that in an offensive kind of way. Like, I think, you know, there are, there are politicians yeah. who do it to an extreme, but there's a reality of like, you know, I grew up in Virginia and spent a lot of time in the North, you know, mm-hmm. and just for functionality's sake, mm-hmm. you talk like the people you're around because you don't want to fucking have a conversation about it. Um, uh-huh. I was wondering I, to what extent you feel like you do that and if that like ever feels weird to you or just just the way you have to have to live in that world. I probably do and I don't notice it. I, I probably get a little bit more of a southern accent and start dropping inks a little more. A few more uh-huh. syllables in my uh, one syllable words. Um, when I'm talking to other people that are maybe not like me. Um, or where I'm at now, but I'm also, I also don't give a shit anymore. I just, I'm just me. And I, you're going to see this, this is professional Devin and casual Devin all at once. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if I, I don't know if I, maybe I, I probably do subconsciously just do code switch more, but I don't know. Do you ever feel like you have to hide your atheism? No, I refuse. Uh-huh. I, I absolutely refuse to. Um, Does and, it come up very frequently? Um, uh, it depends. Like, not, you know, at work, no. Um, but, you know, when I'm out in public and doing, like, service work, I'll wear my atheism shirts. I, I walk into churches uh, mm-hmm. wearing my atheism gear and letting people know, hey, I'm with the Humanist of Tallahassee, or hey, I'm with American Atheist. Um, I, I'm totally okay with it. I, I want, I think more people should be... It, you're not going to get shot walking out your door. I, I'm not going to sure. promise you because well, nothing is yeah. nothing is certain. But I, I wish more people would get over this kind of perception that things are everyone's going to be out to get them, and they're going to start debating them, and you need to have all your debate points you, ready to go. And it, do you like, get that's, interesting it questions happen. though, like any like awkwardy kind of like. Oh yeah. How does that work I, for you? Like, I smile. Yeah. Uh-huh. I smile. I don't. I'm not there. Oh to, no, I mean, I'm like, just, yeah, like they're asking you, like, how does how does being atheist work for you? Like, oh, you know, like it's a sexuality kind of. Um, <laughs> it's working great, honey. Do you explain the mechanics um, of that for me, please? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've people are very either very curious, like really, and I'm like, no, I don't eat babies. Don't worry, or you know, I just kind of address that up front. I've, I've had people actually like look at me and shiver and like back away, which is always interesting. Wow. Um, that was in the, the legislature. You're sure that was because of the atheism and not anything else you were doing in that, that particular no, moment? They, they were fine with me earlier until they Brandishing announced that a weapon from American Atheist this year. She's just see. like, <laughs> like a clutched uh-huh. her pearls. Um, yes. Well, if you no, don't have I, God in you, then devil, the demons can get in, I think. Yeah, I I get that a lot, but you know what? I I don't care. I I also I really don't care what I'll people let those demons write in. I let them in. Yeah. <laughs> Fill me I up, honey. It. Whatever. Right, one cryptophile <laughs> to another. Um, what do you recommend for folks who are in spaces like you're in? You know, we talked a little bit about like the legislative stuff and, mm-hmm. and like community organizing, but just like you know, if it's true that your experience towards progressive involved Mm -hmm. actually interacting with gay people um Mm -hmm. do you feel like it is valuable for people to kind of be the atheist they want to see in the world to the people around (laughs) them in some way that like actually does change hearts and minds do you think that that like you know can be part of the destigmatizing process in these spaces or what is your view on that yes uh i I remember the first time i I approached the Planned Parenthood coordinator 
and I was like, Hey, um, I'm Devin. I'm with American atheist. And she goes, just goes, Nope. And walks away. And I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. This is wow. fine. Um, but I, I think the, it, it is. And you know what? It's fine it's because not, it's abuse, what, what sure, I did, okay. but what I did is I kept on showing up. And I think that's the, the key is consistency. Like, you find your allies and they are going to not want to interact with you. My first year at the legislature, I would, I had a lot of people not wanting to talk to me. Like a lot of legislators not want to talk to me because of what group I was with and who I was. And that's okay. But they know that I showed up every committee meeting. They know that I was doing the work and I was consistent and that made all the difference in the world. And now I can call multiple senators and representatives anytime I want to, because Mm. I've proven myself. And that, and I think that's key is like, you have you you want to get started and it's going to be tough it's it's not easy to you know if you're in the south as an atheist um or in in any other inhospitable I mean, inhospitable area but you just got to do it it's hard to hear what you're describing and be like i hear you and also you're just laying out like the model minority in an unironic way and saying <laughs> you, know, you just have to be a really model atheist for long enough and then they will respect you and think that you're a person and a member of the moral community who can make moral decisions or something. <laughs> maybe, but I think maybe we need that model minority in order for there to be, so we're no longer a minority. Sure. Like I'm okay. I'm yeah. okay. Taking that. I'm okay. Taking that the heat. I'm okay. Blazing that path. And so that a few years down the road, there's going to be a bunch of other little atheists coming through like, Hey, Devin's already done the work for us. And yeah, they can fuck up like normal people and not have to feel bad about it. Exactly. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take one for the team. I'm okay with that. I appreciate that about you. Um, <laughs> we are at time. And speaking of taking one for the team, I do have to also torture you for everyone's amusement. Yes. Um, so it is time for the enlightening round. Enlightenment comes from within. Okay. Bring it. Yeah, so folks who are not familiar, I'm going to give you a list of things. You are going to tell me, are these things real or not real? Those are your mm-hmm. only options. You cannot hedge. You do not get to explain your meanings, real or not real. Are you ready? I've never been more ready in my life. Okay, well, let's find out. First of all, compulsorily have to ask, is anything real? You're goddamn right it is. Okay, well, let's find out which things are fucking real. <laughs> uh, bodies, real or not real? Sure, yeah real okay real minds real or not real oh real as a neuroscientist i have to say real do Mm, i yeah real we'll say real (laughs) that's helpful (laughs) uh free will real or not real not real luck not real demons not real (laughs) afterlives no not real truth real (laughs) (laughs) i didn't hedge i answered it you did you did you did it was all the tone beauty (laughs) what's that i'm sorry (laughs) beauty beauty real or not real yeah oh and not real okay justice oh real Okay, and finally, hope. It's got to be real. Yeah, <laughs> in your case especially, be. it has to be. <laughs> Otherwise, what's the eternal, point? Right? Yeah. Um, oh. All right, you survived. How you feeling? Feeling fucking amazing. I feel voided. Good. You feel like you're fully, <laughs> fully one with the void, fully attuned. Um, well, Devin, hopefully you'll stick around, do a little bit of bonus void weirdness. I feel um, like I don't have a neuroscience. choice. Um, and I can pump you for neuroscientific information about our wills. Um, but for folks who cannot join us, you want to let everybody know where they can find you um, hiding out down in Florida? Yes, I am on the Twitter spaces, uh, especially during legislative session. Not so much now, but um, you can find me on Twitter at DLGPHD. Um, if you ever want to talk about the nuts and bolts of getting into activism, especially in areas like the South, uh, you can either DM me on there or email me at devin.gram at atheists.org. Devin with an O, Graham like the cracker. Um, if you ever want to 
um, I don't know, help some people in Florida get abortions, flaccessnetwork.org is the place mm-hmm. to go for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, we... <laughs> And finally, we are trying to fight back. Um, So we are getting a ballot initiative going in Florida to get abortion on the ballot in 2024. And we really need to do it this year before our new constitutional rules come through. So we are ahead of schedule. But if you are in Florida or know people in Florida that would love to sign a petition for us, that would be great. You can go to FloridiansProtectingFreedom.com and get all the info there. And I think that's good. Also check out American Atheist and Go Humanity if you're interested in um, advocacy or service work in the secular movement. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for coming and hanging out. Um, mm-hmm. If you're down in Florida, go hang out with Devin. Um, so much otherwise, fun. Yeah. Otherwise, um, <laughs> come hang out after dark with us. Come join us on Patreon. And if not, we'll see you next time. As a human, I was ill-equipped to thank you. But as myself, you have my everlasting gratitude. Thanks again to our listeners and patrons who make this show possible. Thanks to our new monthly voidling, Zombie Skincare. And as always, I would like to thank our top-level patrons who, I must reiterate, get basically no additional benefits. They are really just supporting this show out of the utter voidiness of their hearts. Our Archduke, our Archon-level patrons, uh, give to modest needs, then visit deepfakestop. Com, Alex Beneshek, Serious Inquiries Only, Lawrence Shielding, Dude, Fix the Vote, and Fuck the Armchair Death Cult Known as Humanism, Atheist for Life. And all the thanks to our Archduke-level patron, Big Easy Blasphemy. Thank you all so very much. If you'd like to support the show, please check out my other show, Philosophers in Space, with my co-host Callie Wright of the Queer Splaining Podcast. While you're at it, check out my wonderful editor Louisa Lyons' Film Live Musicals podcast. Leave them all a five-star rating and a review on your podcast app. You can also follow me on Twitter at ETVPod or email me at voidpod at gmail.com. And if you notice a small void growing within you, consider supporting us financially at patreon.com slash embrace the void. Just $4 a month gets you early access to episodes and bonus VIP content. Most of all, No matter how general your intelligence, you are the void, and the void is you.